Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We are back. Time to talk baseball. Derek Falvey of the Twins joins us right now. Derek, you work so hard in the offseason. It's got to be fun for you. It's finally all coming together. Everybody's reporting to, to spring training and even have a baseball game coming up as early as Friday against the Gophers. It's been great. You know, getting guys down here, uh, I know every club can say this you know, through the course of, uh, of a spring, but the first few days you just feel the energy and you feel the excitement. I think our club coming off of what we accomplished last year and the desire to continue to build more and more, I'm, I'm excited. The guys are really excited here. What has impressed you so far about spring training? You know, so far, what's been great early on is to see it's mostly pitchers and catchers, uh, but we've had quite a few position players here as well. Uh, when we have guys here that are working out on the side, you know, the first full squad workout comes tomorrow. But uh, on the pitchers and catcher side, one small thing that's impressed me, we knew this when we, when we acquired him and signed him, but Rich Hill is somebody who we know will impact us at some point on the mound during the course of the year. But his involvement just as a, a mentor or, or someone who can help the young pitchers, he's out there watching every bullpen, he's talking with guys, he's engaged with every player. You know, he reminds me a little bit of what Nelson Cruz brings to the position player side of the club. He's been, he's been a tremendous add to our, cl- our camp so far this spring. Kenta Mejida, Mejida uh, made his uh, at least uh, debut with the media the other day. Uh, you see him throw a little bit. Uh, obviously, you went through a lot to get him here. How did you feel about the way that deal finally went down, Derek? We haven't had a chance to talk to you since then. It, 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 now, from uh, standing on the outside looking in, it looked like you guys ended up with a better deal at the end because you got some cash, too. Well, I, I think uh, I'll say this. I'm just glad it's done. <laughs> At the end of it all, it was uh, it was a unique week, that's for sure. Uh, and and obviously, it's unfortunate when some things get public a little bit before uh, things are finalized. But uh, the reality was, we wanted Kenta. We felt like he's somebody who can really impact our rotation. He wants to be a starting pitcher full time. You know, he was such a unique weapon for the Dodgers over the last couple of seasons, where he was a really good starting pitcher. But then they used him in the bullpen to be a guy that could go back-to-back days and maybe three out of four games in a short series. So he had such um, such an ability to get right-handed hitters out to be used in unique ways. We know in, in our, our space here he's going to be a big part of our rotation going forward, but we feel really good about the group, the depth of the group, and I know he's, he's thrilled to be here. You know, Derek, I uh, had a flashback during the week knowing we were going to talk to you. Exactly a week ago, a year ago, uh, the week before the spring training opened, we had you on the radio and I asked you about Romero, who was one of the more intriguing guys. Could he be a starter in the bullpen? This time a year ago, we thought he was going to be a major part of the program. Then he had a really disappointing year last year. Where does he fit into your plans? Yeah, so, you know, when you think about young pitchers uh, as they come through, I, I think I remember that conversation. And I remember having it about a number of other guys, too. They, they grow at different paces. They move along at different paces. And I think Fernando's somebody who has uh, talent, no question. He fits into a, a group of a number of our guys, but just has to continue to find a way to command the strike zone and make those adjustments. You know, there's a big jump to the big leagues in the way a young pitcher performs, not just with stuff, but the ability to execute where his pitches go. And I think he fits in that bucket of a guy that is still trying to learn those those parts of the game, and, and we'll see where that goes this, this season and going forward. 
Any of the new pitchers surprises so far? You know, when we looked at Kenta, just talking about him a little bit and seeing the way he threw in a bullpen uh, the other day, he's got such adjustability. We had heard about him that he's a tremendous athlete. If you watch him do some things even off the field, you watch him swing a bat, which he did a lot more in the National League, you can tell how athletic he is. And Wes came out of the bullpen the other day, and they they had just talked briefly about some things he was doing with his changeup and with his curveball, and then he just went and executed it. It was, it was pretty remarkable to see. I think guys like Homer Bailey coming in and really engaging with our, our pitchers and talking about what he learned over the last couple of years uh, has been a plus. You know, we have guys like Jake Odorizzi and Jose Barrios and Michael Pineda who have been with us. To see that group come together uh, along with Rich Hill, who I mentioned earlier, is just a tremendous, tremendous thing to see because I think we have a really deep group. Marlon, uh, Derek, Marlon Gonzalez came out, got in front of it a little bit uh, the other day about uh, you know all the, anybody that played for the Astros is going to have to answer to what's happened over the last few years. And obviously this thing, it seems like it's mushrooming a little bit uh, more than I even thought it would at this uh, juncture. Is there any rule book on this? Is there, I mean, do you guys have a, a, a way about you in terms of you know the way that this should be handled and whatnot? Because it seems like you know the commissioner's involved in everything else now. And, and I don't know if team by team, uh, you know, they're talking about will people retaliate against the Astros and all that stuff. What's your take on this whole thing? You know, I, I think, um, speaking to Marwin specifically, we talked to him before he came into camp and just asked him, hey, what, what do you want to say and if you want to say anything at all? And I will say I was really proud of him. You know, he came out and said, listen, I, I want to I take ownership. I want to express my remorse and, and, and the role that I played in that. And he did it. And it was now, looking back on it, there have been some other players who have said that, but he was the first position player of that club to come out and say that. And I think that, that, that speaks volumes to who he is. Uh, he recognizes that was a, a mistake there, uh, what that team went through, and he is now trying to go out and do the best he can for the Twins in 2020 and going forward, and that's all we can ask of him. You know, big picture, I think clearly it's been a, a real story across the game. I think every player has their own opinion. Every front office has their own opinion. Every manager is going to have their own opinion on this. And ultimately, uh, I think at the end of the day, we just want to control what we can here in Minnesota, which is go go about it the right way. You get on the field and try and, and do the best you can within the rules of the game, and uh, we'll let the wins and losses play out from there. But I can tell you that our group is very confident that we're going to do things the right way. You know, uh, you had an interesting signing in the last couple of weeks, uh, Joe Lee Chassin. Now, I'm hoping he makes it to the Twins just to hear Sid pronounce his name. But he's, I mean, he had an off year, but he's, his history is that he could be an interesting prospect. What kind of contract is he signed to, and what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, Julius is somebody who we brought in on a, on a non-roster invite, so he's on a minor league deal today, and as you said, is competing for the team. We, we thought the same way, Dave, that we looked at his seven, 2017, 2018, saw the way his pitches worked. Uh, this guy, we heard tremendous things about the makeup. He's a great teammate, competitor. I'm already seeing that in the clubhouse and the way he interacts with the group that's down there. Uh, but he's somebody, he had a tough year last year. The best part, I would say, about that is when we talked to him in the offseason and said, hey, we'd like to bring in on a non-roster. Here's our situation. Here's what you're competing for. And he said, hey, I didn't pitch very well last year. I know it. I know I didn't pitch the way I needed to. Yeah, there's reasons why and didn't always feel as healthy as I, I could have been. And But at the end of the day, it's about results. And I, if I come in and pitch the way I'm supposed to, I'll give myself a chance to, win, to make this team. If I don't pitch the way I'm supposed to, I won't. It's refreshing sometimes to hear that from a player and, and for him to say that as directly as he could. And uh, I can tell you that he's ready. He, his bullpens have looked good so far, so we'll see where the games take us because he has been a very successful uh, major league pitcher as, as recently as just 2018. How about Buxton? How does he look so far? 
you know, Byron, he comes into camp every year and you look at him and you think, wow, he's just so physically gifted and, and, and no different this year. You know, his body feels good and he's still in the rehab process and protocol. I will tell you that Rocco said the other day, and I echo this, we are not looking to rush him. You know, we care more about uh, the opening of, of the season and not necessarily the opening of camp. So uh, he's recovering very well. He's hit every checkpoint that we've asked of him uh, in the rehab process. I think he's itching to get uh, out there and, and swing full full speed all the time against live pitching. I think we'll delay him a little bit there. But in the cages, off tee work, you know, everything he's doing right now, he's doing it full speed, and he feels great. And, and we know we're the best team we can be when Byron's on the field. So we'll do everything we can over the next uh, four to six weeks here to make sure that we put him in a position to be healthy first and then let him play after that. You, you know, Derek, that's interesting because when, we la- when he last left us, Byron Buxton, that is, we were kind of trying to figure out what kind of hitter he was going to become, and, and he put some muscle on last year, and he was hitting the ball hard. He was hitting the ball for power. Uh, there was some thought that he might try to become more, of a, you know, pound it into the ground and, and, and use those wheels to, to try to hit 280 or something like that. What kind of a hitter do you think he has evolved into right now, or what would you look for as you get into this season? You know, I, I think he, he's got an interesting skill set. The natural first uh, first look at him is about his speed. We all know that. He can run uh, really like nobody else in the game. And the historically, you would think that guy's more ground ball oriented, just get on base that way. But he is strong. He's physical. And he can drive the ball. And, and that's what he's been his whole life, you know, even going back to high school and watching him coming out of the draft. So he needs to find a way to, to be the best version of himself, not try and turn into – a guy who you know just hits the ball on the ground or or just hits the ball you know in the air for homers. I think he's an in between, which is a good thing for him. When he can get a ball to the right center gap, for most people it's a short single. For him, it could be at least a double and sometimes a triple. So I think that he's just got to find a way to be the best kind of hitter uh, that that tailors to his skills because he can drive the ball and we're going to ask him to. But he knows he can get on base at times just using his legs. One thing we heard about Josh Donaldson at acquisition time is that he's a real presence in the locker room. We know he's down at camp. Have you had any early observations that would uh, confirm that? Oh, no doubt. I, the last couple of days, you know, he called two days before he got to camp and asked how the vibe was. I mean, he was itching to try and find out what was going on here. Uh, so he reached out. And once he got in, you saw him yesterday. I just happened to walk by the cages, and he's in with a, a number of young hitters, uh, you know, the likes of Royce Lewis and Travis Blankenhorn and others in the, in the space. And they're all talking hitting and swings. Uh, I may have never, I've been around baseball a little while now. I don't think I've been around somebody as baseball obsessed as Josh Donaldson is, which I think is a tremendous credit and testament to him because even at this stage of his career, he's been around a lot. You know, he, he, he could just focus on his own routine. He doesn't. He's trying to figure out ways to help those young guys continue to be the best versions of themselves because he ultimately wants to win. And he knows that the, the team is better if he's investing in those kinds of players around him. And I think we're already experiencing that here. How about Tepler? What's the latest on him? Max came in in a great spot. He's actually been here. He was one of the earliest position players to arrive. He's been uh, he's been in camp uh, and in the Florida area. He, he feels good physically. He looks great. Uh, I think he's he's in a position to get things going right from the from from the start. He learned a lot last year. He got so much better. We all knew he had the ability to to drive the ball the way he did and to put up uh, numbers that maybe were in excess of what he had done in previous seasons. And I think last year was when he really found his swing. He found the way guys were attacking him. I remember having a conversation right around now last year about him leading off and, and how would he handle that and what would that look like. And I think we learned over the course of the year, it, it, and not only did he do well in it, but he, he really thrived. And I, I would anticipate as we go forward, no matter where he hits in the lineup, no matter where Rocco wants to put him, uh, I think he's learned a lot from last year and is going to build off of that going into 2020. 
The guy I want to watch walk into the clubhouse first time is Nelson Cruz because I, I haven't seen many that commanded the respect that he did when he walked into the, the room every time I'd be out there at Target Field last year and visited with him often. He had about, you know, 40 pairs of shoes <laughs> around his locker and he'd, he'd be, and, and you could watch, what was fascinating was to watch Sano watch him. Uh, what effect did that have last year and, and, and what do you ask him to do this year now that he's got Donaldson to share some of that with? Yeah, so he uh, he just arrived today. He's uh, this is his first day in camp. Sano as well. They both came into into town, and uh, I was in Rocco's office early this morning, and he just walked right in, gave everyone a hug, and, and said, you know, hey, what what can I do? How can I help? You know, what do we need to do here? So he's ready to go. He, he's as you said, Mike. He, he commands so much respect just in the way he goes about his business, and he had such an influence on not just Miguel. I know we talked a lot about that, but a lot of our young players, and, and not just the Latin players, but but the American guys as well. Yeah, he's he's been around it. He's done just about everything. He and Josh were already talking hitting this morning, which is a cool thing to see between the two of them. I think Josh's goal here is just to come in and be a part of this early and, and figure out a way to help. And he's going to learn a lot from Nelson in that. And, and Nelson's, I'm sure, going to give him some insights and tips around some of the players in our clubhouse and ways to, to help each individual player. But those two guys, among Rich Hill and others, this veteran presence we have now is only going to help these young guys. Very me. Always a pleasure to have you on Show and for being on the show with a certificate to merge the best steakhouse any place. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a great Sunday and uh, look forward to getting started here soon. Thanks, Derek. Thank you so much, Derek. That's Derek Phelps. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.